Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back, everyone, to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, and always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now, today, we have a very cool guest, Scott Daniels, co-owner and president and CEO of Young's Commercial Transfer, headquartered in Porterville, California. Now, we talk about how we met back in 2006, kind of our wild journey over the last decade, um, his business during the COVID crisis, and why you don't need to panic buy. So Scott's going to give a little bit of insights on how to create opportunity during this time as well, and I'm really excited to get him on the line. So Scott, welcome to the show. Good morning, Pat. Man, you know, what's funny is I never thought myself broadcasting from Tampa and you being in California at the normal time of, you know, 830. And it's interesting because I'm now on East Coast time and a lot of my friends and colleagues are on West Coast time. So um, I appreciate you taking the time to be up while I'm in the afternoon already. I appreciate that. Not a problem. Glad to talk to you. Yeah, so, um, man, I thought about it, and we met back in 2005, and we talked about this off the mic, um, one, about friendships and uh, relationships within the industry, but it's been 15 years that we've known each other. Uh, we met back uh, my early stages at Laboo Citrus when my family was getting back into California Citrus, and, geez, like I said, I mean, time flies, right, man? It really has. That was just when I was starting here at Young's and uh, just taking over control of this business, and uh, we were both young pups. Man, we were actually still uh, booking trucks and doing contracts and stuff like that. I mean, remember talking rates, and, and it was it was fun. I mean, that was me learning more about the industry compared to just working for my dad out of his kitchen, you know what I mean, in, in uh, Mount Dora, Florida, back when I was a teenager. So it definitely upped my game for sure. Absolutely. Good times. So... We're in COVID-19 crisis. You and I have spoken a little bit about um, kind of the craziness, I would say, in the industry. Um, things all the way from panic buying um, to, hey, don't worry, the supply chain's not going anywhere. You've had some great posts on LinkedIn from articles that you've reshared. And that's what kind of got us kicked off to talking again because I reached out to you and was like, Scott, I totally agree with you. Why are people doing this? So, What's interesting to me is what's going on in your world, though? In the transportation world, you haul a lot of fruits and vegetables. You do a lot of transfers. What's happening in your world with this COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, we're really busy, Pat. Uh, we're, we're almost business as usual. Uh, there are growing seasons for all the various crops, and right now is our big citrus season. So we're taking a lot of byproducts to juice uh, processing. Uh, we're working carrots, potatoes, we're coming out of the Imperial Valley, Arizona, we're in Nevada planting uh, the summer's harvest right now. Uh, so it's almost business as usual for us uh, because I think what a lot of people don't understand is um, everything has a cycle to it, right? And they can run out of uh, carrots or potatoes in the uh, grocery store, but it takes 100 days to put it back in the dirt and uh, regrow it again. You can't just make more tomorrow. So there's a standard order, almost a rhythm to ag processing, ag hauling, and uh, farming, obviously. But uh, we're we're busy, we're blessed, and uh, we're just going on almost almost business as usual right now. 
I do agree with you because, I mean, as you know, as my family's in citrus as well, so it is our heart of the season. Um, March is normally, you know, March, April uh, are very busy, and then it kind of starts slowing down in May. As you know, Valencia's will start. So I do agree. We've been very fortunate that orders have slowly picked up, as we said. We got a bunch of increased orders, um, but we tried to manage the supply and demand with our customers throughout this chain so we didn't get short product come May, too. So we wanted to make sure that our product stayed as a normal schedule of citrus. And that's why we'll be shipping citrus through May all the way through to our imports. But I agree. I mean, to a lot of companies, it's status quo. And I can tell you, Scott, being over here in Tampa, it's a whole different world. I mean, I know the Florida Farm Bureau. I know that I've watched them. They've got blueberries picking and and the watermelon in Georgia's uh, are going to start. But if I live in the city, I mean, it's dead. I mean, there's people still going out and getting food and things, but a lot of this, uh, I would say our nation, and we're going to get to your post, they believe everything is shut down because they're not going anywhere and they're staying in their homes. But for the produce and supply chain industry, we're rocking boots, don't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's been absolutely no interruption in the food supply chain, and uh, we, uh, we don't necessarily work in the grocery store delivery side of it, but we're, we're what we like to say is the first link in the food chain. I mean, a farmer grows it, and then it has to come out of the ground and into a restored or a processing facility before it goes on to the grocery store, and that's, that's our link, and we haven't missed a beat. Um, and it's been nice to see the continuity in the uh, supply chain and drivers doing what they do. And actually, for the first time, we've talked about this a little bit, it's nice to see the, the truck drivers getting a little appreciation because they do spend – tedious, long hours, day in, day out, often six days a week, running uh, the business, and it's nice to see them get a little appreciation. You know, I was going to ask you, too, because you, you remember my brother, Chris. He's still obviously working hard in the industry as well. Chris and I had a conversation with a couple other CEOs yesterday, um, a, a logistics company called Custom Pro Logistics out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and Chris brought up fuel surcharges yesterday. And it was interesting to hear that because, as you know, the fuel surcharge is always something that people talk about. Um, but gas prices have dropped and a lot of things have changed. And it's, and it's interesting because that is good, wouldn't you say? Because as long if we're not spending more and more on gas, doesn't that mean that our truckers are getting more of the profit? We're not spending $4 uh, you know, a gallon or something on gas? I mean, Chris brought that up yesterday and he said he's glad that gas prices have gone down. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing for all of us. I mean, every one of our customers are getting a credit on their bill right now. There is no such thing as a fuel surcharge. There's actually a fuel credit. So um, everybody's getting money back right now. And as far as uh, what our trucks are doing, obviously it's costing us a lot less money to put that diesel in the tank because there's no way to ever uh, charge a customer for 100% of the fuel used on that run because you might have a driver go out a route for one reason or another or double back. or So there's always... Uh, some accessory fuel burnt that doesn't get accounted for. And if you're burning that at $4, it really hurts the wallet. And if you're burning that $2 or $2.50 or wherever we end up at, uh, it sure helps. Man, that's that's great. That's great to know too. So, because a lot of people always ask that question, it's like, are you killing us on the freight surcharge? Well, guess what? If you're getting a credit on your bill now, you've been, you now know that Guys like Youngs and, and, and Scott have been paying for that, and, they're, and it's now getting credited back to you. So, And again, thanks to all the truckers out there that are delivering during this time, right? I mean, they're on the front line right now. Logistics is the front line. And Scott, you said a very impactful statement just a couple minutes ago. If you don't know, 
everything is in transportation within the supply chain. There's, I mean, yes, maybe you might see a, a, a truck go pick up a couple bins of oranges every now and again in the valley. Um, but these transfer trucks that Young's Commercial has help get the produce to the first destination. The first destination. That means from the grove to where it's being packed or processed to the first part of the supply chain. So that's important that if we didn't have a company like Scott out there and Young's Commercial, how would people be getting produce to be packed to then be shipped into the store? So that's a pretty powerful statement uh, to go off of. But what about this? In the next 30 days, as I've heard, I, I mean, citrus has happened because I've, I've experienced myself. Onions, it's happened. And now potatoes are all being dumped. So companies like yourself, reefer units, uh, you know, a lot of logistics companies are picking up product and going and dumping it at this point. Um, a lot of complaints I've heard is there's no money in that for anybody because we're all helping each other. Are you seeing that you're taking a lot of fruit or product out to cattle or dumping like Idaho potato growers are doing? You know, we have a we have a feed division. We call it where we feed dairies and, and cattle operations with uh, spent grain and brewers uh, grain here in California. We handle all the breweries, but uh, on that, it's the status quo there. But from our other operations, we are not seeing things going to uh, waste. Everything is going to the store or is being repackaged for uh, a juice market or something like that. So there's no waste on our end at the moment, and that's. We're, we're hearing things, like you say, of milk dumping or other, other products, but uh, we're not having that problem at the moment, so uh, we think business as usual for the next few months. That's awesome. That's good to hear. I have a buddy that's out in Idaho, and if you ever get a chance, look him up. His name is Shay Meyer, and we, we chatted the other day, and he said, Pat, I'm driving down the road, and I could count 30 million pounds of, of onions being dumped, and it's, it's killing our market. I mean, onions, remember, Scott, are used in a lot of food service, too. You know what I mean? I mean, you and me aren't going and buying a 10-pound bag of onions and bringing it home, you know, to cry cry for a month. You know what I mean? So the, the food service industry, you know, with onions is seeing that. And like I said, even the food banks are starting to get full to where someone has to pay for the freight. I mean, Young's has to get paid to haul these places. And I see some of these logistics companies are now saying that they're hauling in all this fruit. And there's no one to pay the bill, so it's it's it's, get, it's it might get interesting for some of these crops that have a definite oversupply that would go to food service or some of these you know a lot of different restaurants. So that's that's going to be crazy. But I I think it's awesome that in your world that supply and demand is going to be good, that you're going to have a good outcome. Um, what do you what is your take on all this panic buying though? I mean, I saw your post and you were like, "There's enough food to go around in the supply chain. Stop, stop panic buying, everyone." Yeah, it's just uh, everyone needs to trust the system, right? So, so many people are just uh, worried, so they buy toilet paper, they buy other things, and uh, there's just nothing on the grocery shelves sometimes when you go to the, when you go there. But uh, it's all panic buying. It's all just irrational response, and uh, uh, it's just. You know, the uh, human nature is what it is, and it's being revealed. Crisis reveals character, and uh, we're in our businesses with our employees, with our leaders of some operations or some businesses. We're seeing what people do, and uh, our faith in mankind might be a little less after this uh, epidemic or pandemic, I guess you'd call it. But um, uh, panic buying is just a symptom of uh, uncertainty and worry, and it's, it's not needed. If we just trust the process, we would have all been fine. Uh, we're, we're killing our economy here to uh, save a – don't want to be insensitive at all, but uh, the numbers are just not panning out, and we're, we're killing 
more businesses than we are uh, people in this country right now. It's, 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 we're, we're in a tough spot. I do, I do agree. And I know that we're hopefully going to open the country back up sooner or later because there are a lot of people being affected like this. I mean, here in Tampa, I, I have a buddy that owns a chain of pizza restaurants and uh, Italian restaurants. And he just had a grand opening for a new restaurant March 1st. And he's completely, I mean, he's almost, he's, he's completely out of business except for home deliveries. And it's crazy that, but everybody's going to the store and and panic buying and buying all this food and buying all these things. And it's like, how can we support people differently? If we would have allocated that money differently, if someone went and spent $1,500 at Costco or Walmart for toilet paper, I mean, don't you think if it was rational decisions, they would have said, okay, we know we, we got to spend this much here, this much here, this much here. I mean, I go to the stores now and there's still no, no toilet paper in the stores in Tampa. There There isn't. I mean, it's few and far between. Not, not a lot of rational people out there right now. and uh, But I think you're right. Food service is the one that's going to get hurt the worst. Restaurants are the ones that uh, there's a lot of uncertainty around. So all of your, when you see uh, lettuce crops being dissed down or onions being dissed down or given away, it's all around food service and restaurants. If we could repackage, repurpose those and get them into the stores for retail consumption, we'd be better off. But a lot of the problems with the, if you do see something out at your grocery store, it's just the fact that we couldn't re- we redistribute it or re- get it into a different package. Uh, it was just all meant for restaurants at that time. I heard the other day that we don't have an egg problem in, in America. We have an egg carton problem. Everything is packaged in really big crates for restaurants. We have plenty of eggs. We just can't get them into egg cartons small enough to go to the grocery store for us individuals to buy. So it's... Um, Right now, we're just, uh, I think that's the longer term problem in our world is we may see some restaurant service businesses, uh, whether it's tomatoes or canned tomatoes or carrots or potatoes in the future. Uh, that might be where we see the longer term effect of this. But in the short term, we're doing all right. But uh, that could be the problem. No, I, I definitely agree with you. That's, that's hilarious, though, because I noticed because I shop a lot at Sam's Clubs and, and Costco's. That's just where I shop because. I always have, right? And I think a lot of us do. And then we go to the smaller grocery stores to pick up our fruits and vegetables. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I kind of, that's kind of what I do. And you are right though, because when I go to Costco or, or Sam's to get my eggs, I buy like a 32 pack of eggs. And it's funny because you're right. Then you go to the stores, you know, the smaller grocery store chains or not smaller, but not the big box stores, uh, wholesale clubs. You go to the normal retailers and you're right. There's the 12. You got 12 or 24. That's all you got. You know what I mean? So I do. I completely see in that, that when these restaurants are big restaurants, right, that are ordering all these eggs. Yeah, they want them all in bulk. And that's what the, the that industry was set up. Right. I mean, that's how that's kind of how they were set up. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, so I, I'll be on a, another podcast with Cisco uh, in the in the upcoming weeks. And we already had a pre-conversation and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But Cisco was even telling me that what are they going to do if all these restaurants don't reopen because that's a lot of their business and they're kind of that middle link for, you know, Cisco, it's Cisco. This I mean, Cisco we're talking about, the middleman between this, these chain restaurants. And we were talking that the other day and Cisco's like, I just don't know. We're having to pivot and adjust in our business to figure these things out because that's 90 plus percent of their business. I mean, that's what they do. So... It's, it's, it's interesting. And then the panic buying is that's, they brought that up as well, because you notice how there's no panic buying when it comes to eating out or, or getting the food. It was only panic buying on the raw materials. Yeah. 
Well, this was just the first wave. The panic buying now uh, was one problem. Now we will have to take a look at the change in consumer trends, how they shop, do they cook at home, do restaurants reopen. The whole food space is going to change over the next 12 to 24 months, and we're just not sure how it's going to end up. And is it going to have ramifications? It absolutely will. But we're just not sure what those are. And I feel really sorry for those people that are right now, they may have lost 50% of their business in the last month, and they're having to figure out how to re, how to pivot, how to reset, how, to, how do they do something different. Uh, and we may all feel those ramifications long term, but um, it's definitely definitely hard for these people right now yeah man it is it's crazy and then even small towns i mean remember i used to live in exeter california shout out to my central valley exeter peeps uh and you're over there and are you in porterville or are you in Vi- are you where are you at now yeah we have five locations here in california but our main office is in porterville porterville yeah and porterville just so everybody knows porterville is a small town as well the central valley is composed of a lot of small towns that have a lot of good people right just very small okay um but even yeah. then i've seen all the home deliveries, everything that's taking place. I've also heard, though, if you're in that rural town, it's still hard to get deliveries out there. So I know that there are companies that are fighting and thriving to work for new home delivery systems, working out logistics so big box trucks aren't driving down the, you know, your, uh, your road to get to you. So uh, we said this earlier. I think it's going to be interesting on some of the companies that are possibly created from this pandemic I talked to a gentleman over in Texas as well, and he said the same thing. He goes, I'm, I'm interested to see what comes out of this because there are going to be some people that are like, aha, I got it. I know how to solve this problem. And it's going to be a problem that was created, um, whether from panic buying or, or logistics or, or something. Someone's going to find a solution to, a, to this problem that it was created. So um, I'm actually interested to see because I want to look towards some of these new inventions and and get past our status quo, you know what I mean? Well, as we sit here, I mean, there's people, there, there's some undeniable truth. Amazon's going to get bigger, right? Amazon, <laughs> people are sitting at home, people are buying and shopping, with clicking with their computer. Uh, Amazon, as we speak this morning, was at an all-time high. And uh, so in the middle of this Wall Street crash, uh, Amazon stock is, you know, all-time high. So there are, there are people that are going to win out of this. Uh, and it may be short-lived, but uh, I'm not sure. But there's going to be differences, changes. Yeah, you know what's funny is I before this pandemic, I swear I saw a Charmin commercial every 30 seconds. I have not seen a Charmin commercial since toilet paper has been out of stock. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's a correlation, yeah, you but you see a commercial and you will not find it in the stores. I mean, that, that's something different, right? So all the brand names are gone, replaced by all the no-name brands, and they're the only ones that have come back. So where are all the brand names in this? I do agree with you. And I, I gosh, I, I so hard don't want to call out some of the grocery stores and I'm not going to, but I will tell you, I went to an unnamed grocery store that I normally don't shop at and bought unnamed toilet paper um, probably a couple weeks ago. But guess what? It was the only people with toilet paper. So it was kind of one of those, like you just said, where are the big name brands? And like I said, and you're not even seeing them on the commercials right now because they have nothing to advertise. They're sold out. I mean, they're, they're completely sold out. So obviously there's opportunities through this, through adjusting and pivoting during this time. I always ask our guests and it's kind of open, but what would you tell companies in the produce and supply chain industry right now? I mean, can you give them a little bit of advice on, you know, what to look forward to, or maybe an opportunity they can, you know, look at? Well, I just think that this is an opportunity as a leader of your business to differentiate yourself. That's the key 
to find a way to differentiate yourself now, um, lead your team, show up every day, be a part of the solution. Uh, that, that's what we're doing. That's what we're seeing with our vendors who are strong, who are doing things. Is They're actually there. They're working every day. They're working through it. People call me and want to know if I'm sheltered at home, and I say, no, we're working every day. We're here. I'm leading my my 300 employees right now, we're showing up, I'm in the shops with them, I'm in the trucks, we're cleaning, we're making sure that business goes on. And uh, that, that's huge during times like this. Be a leader and be out there. And the other thing is take, take care of your supply chain. Uh, that is huge because it's really easy right now for someone not to pay you or to slip a week and their, your receivables grow a little bit. So your natural tendency is to let your payables grow then. And it's just a domino effect. If I don't pay my tire guy next week, and he can't pay his employees. And so it's, it's really a time to differentiate yourself by uh, taking care of those who take care of you because there will be a good time again, and everyone will remember who took care of them and who was there for them. And uh, as far as the food supply, the supply chain is strong. Um, everyone is working hard. We haven't missed a beat. And uh, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, I mean, it was very rare if we were even late for a load. So, um Partner with your supply chain, with your transportation people, and uh, help them figure out uh, what they need to get things done to support them. Because nothing happens. You can be the best farmer in the world, the best produce guy, but if you don't have a transportation partner to get it out of your field and get it into the next sorter or processing, you're done. So um, everything's strong and everything's going well, but um, it's a great chance for everyone to lead and differentiate themselves at the moment. Uh, I appreciate that. That's good advice. And if people want to learn more about Young's Commercial Transfer, how do they uh, learn more about you? Where can they connect with uh, your company? Yeah, just go to the web. You can find us under Young's Commercial Transfer, Inc. or YCTInc.com. And uh, you can find all about us, uh, all about us on the web. I appreciate it, Scott. And always, it's great to have friendships and relationships in this industry. As we said when we started, we've known each other for about 15 years. And I believe through relationships and friendships in this industry is how we all thrive together and move forward. So I appreciate you getting on the line today. Thanks, Pat. No problem. Enjoyed it. What a great interview with Scott Daniels. You know, it really shows you how valuable relationships are within the produce and supply chain industry. So keep that in mind and make sure that you are thriving together with everyone. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.